Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. And Eric Steven, you know what I think? Mm, what? Albert Pujols, MVP? You know, it's, I think, uh, possibly a co-MVP with uh, Yoshi Tsutsugo. Oh, that's um, true. That's Tsutsugo. fair. That's fair. Yeah, so like, uh, you know, we recorded last week on Wednesday. We're recording this week on Wednesday. Uh, the Dodgers still haven't lost since we last recorded. <laughs> so like, I mean, they, they haven't lost since those two have joined the team. So I think there's really no other way to say that or, or you could also they're also undefeated in the Nate Jones era, <laughs> who who didn't make our notes, but uh, I you know just remembered that he brought him up Friday. So yeah, it's uh, they're doing better uh, than they were. <laughs> so it's it's kind of uh, getting back to normal almost. Sort of. We'll talk about yeah, it. What right. a weird streaky team. We'll uh, go into the this good era of the last two two and a half ish weeks and recap all of that. Got our normal stuff. Dodgers Rewind. Questions from Craig. Embarrassing trivia questions for me. All that after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. As I mentioned before uh, we went to break, it, what what is like? It's been a season, like a season of thirds so far. They started yeah. out hot, they were awful, and now they're it really, really good. This this stretch has been really interesting to compare it to the um, the slump in that like it's not like everything is firing on all cylinders. The starting pitching, which has always been good, is even better than it was during the slump. Um, the hitting is more timely, um, but then you also have, um, I think, uh, some hitters really turning around in Max Muncy, Gavin Lux, and, and then maybe to a slightly lesser extent, Will Smith. Right, and then like uh, before I get into the Dodgers stuff, I just want to point this out because I, I saw this this morning. And I thought it was funny. Uh, we all know Jock Peterson is one of the streakiest hitters ever. Like that, you know. Or just, I don't know if that's actually true, but it seems that way. And uh, he struggled mightily in April. Um, and I just noticed uh, his uh, WRC plus on the season now is one fourteen. In <laughs> April, it was forty eight, and uh, in May, it's one sixty nine. So in April, he had a five sixty one OPS. Uh, in May, he has a 585 slugging. So, like, uh, yeah, you know, Jock's on one of his normal runs. Um, but, yeah, for the streaky thing, like, uh, it, it's like the, the during the, the 5 and 15 run for the Dodgers, the, it seemed like, uh, you know, I think there were enough people slumping that they're probably, like, close to the same amount of people slumping now or, like, I don't know, uh, close to it. But also, um, 
like they were forced. The, the offense was slumping in weird ways. Like they broke out a few games, but then they just would go kind of silent for like a week. And then every game was close, so every game went into extra innings. And then you get to use the back end of the bullpen, um, or the lower end of the bullpen, I should say. And all those guys were put into tough positions. And then basically, like in this stretch, like they've hit, like, like you say, enough. And like it's been more consistent, perhaps. It's not like 14 runs one game and then 15 runs the next six games or something. And like the bullpen has, has not been terrible. There's been a few like hiccups, but like nothing. It's like normal stuff. Right, like they they've actually won a couple one run games. Like they had lost eight straight, which is wild. Although we were laughing because, you know, in a, even in that stretch, they were the couple games they won. It was either like blowout, blowout, or like two run win, two run win. You know, like right. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's very odd. But you're you're right. So they were thirteen and two, and then five and fifteen, and now they're what twelve and one since that. So and, and when they were five and fifteen. I, re- I tweeted uh, this at the time because it was their 17th loss. They were 18 and 17, and last year they were 43 and 17. Uh, and so uh, a few people were like, well, oh, that just means they're going on a 25-game winning streak. And, <laughs> and, like, a little more than halfway in, it's close. Like, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Like, But, yeah, I mean, I think the point is I think we all knew that they were going to get better. Obviously, everyone's hurt, but everyone's hurt, like, around the league. So, like, that's part of it. Um, but – there, you could see why like people weren't like terribly worried, right? Like right. they uh, things are going well, but like you know, Pujols, right? He drove in, I think he drove in like a run, and it was either four of his first five starts or five of his first six starts or something. But they're eight and zero since uh, Pujols and Sutsugo were activated. Uh, Pujols, uh, even with driving in those runs, is five for twenty three. His OPS is 598. Uh, Tsutsugo is 2 for 14. He's played lesser. Uh, he His OPS is 393. Um, but, like, everyone sort of seems to enjoy having them around. I, I think there's more, like, with Pujols, you sort of know what you're going to get. You, you're occasionally going to get him, like, hitting a home run against a lefty or something. His home run was against a righty. But, um, but also every ground ball is an out. Like, even when the shortstop's playing in, like, shallow left field. And they could still throw him out. But Sutsugo, it's more like fundamental. Like, he sort of has to fix some things. But also, it's, I think they what they've proven is that uh, once sort of people start to come back, they they won't have to play them a lot. And they, they haven't really played Sutsugo a ton. They've started pools, uh, you know, quite a bit so far. But that's probably going to change as soon as, like, this weekend, which is which is better. Um but yeah, like talk about like some of the consistency. So they scored um, six runs or more eight times in this twelve and one stretch. Uh, that matched their total for the previous thirty games. Um, so I'm um, sorry, yeah, eight times in, in the last twelve and one stretch. But yeah, it, so it's kind of crazy. Uh, Muncie, you mentioned he leads the majors in walks and on base percentage. It's four fifty nine right now. Uh, Gavin Lux is sort of the 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 local Jock Peterson for the Dodgers. He was. Uh, 30 WRC plus in April, 140 WRC plus in May. Last week we talked about, wait, yeah, it was when we recorded. Last week we talked about uh, a grand slam he hit, and he hit one since. So he has two grand slams. More on that shortly. Um, Will Smith uh, has been semi, sort of consistent, um, just really good hitter. Like overall, he was the DH yesterday when Austin Barnes caught. Tonight's their last use of a DH uh, this year in the regular season. But I was looking at Will Smith, so 128 major league games. He came up halfway through the 2019 season. Obviously last year was a shortened year, and then this year. So he, he doesn't, I mean, I'd say 128 is, is like as a, a good approximation of like a full season for a catcher, maybe, maybe a little more. But like um, he has 28 home runs, 84 RBIs, and a 142 WRC+. Plus. So like, and that's his first 128 game. So pretty impressive um, so far on the offensive side. But, like, the pitching, like you mentioned, like, the starting pitchers are, the like, the backbone, right? Like, but the bullpen's been so good, too. They've allowed two runs or less in nine of the last 14 games. Um, have just been ridiculous. I'm, I'm just going to read you. I, I, I was going to wonder if this isn't trivia, but... 
I list who the, the leader is in these, but here are the current rotation ERAs. 194, that's Trevor Bauer, spoiler alert. And then 278, 294, and 303. Do you, Price is Right style, do you know which of those uh, ERAs correspond to which Dodgers pitchers? Um, not off the top of my head. You want me to guess? Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. it would have been funny if you just said no. <laughs> like, but, um, okay, so 198's Bauer. Uh, who, I will tell you Dustin May was 274 um, in his five starts, but uh, who, who's 278, do you think? Um, I think I'm working my way backwards. 278 is... I'm going to go the other two real quick so I can process of nimulination. It's yep. uh, 303 Walker. It is not. 278 is Walker. 278 is Walker. 294 is Kershaw. 294 is Kershaw, which means I, I, 303 I, is Urias. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, like, they've all been, like, great. Like, Urias uh, pitched, um, what, seven innings a bunch of times. And he was, like, he had a perfect game into the sixth the other day. And then he also drove in three and hit a double. Um, oh, but then if you look at the FIPS, uh, 270 is Kershaw. The others are 284, 3, and 336. Do you want to take a stab at those? 284 is Bauer. 284 is not Bauer. Urias. Yes. And then so we got three and 336. Three is Bauer. That's correct. So yeah, you did you did well. This is good. But just to point, like they've all been obviously excellent. They're basically yeah, sure. all averaging six innings, save for Kershaw, who had the the one inning start, which kind of screws his average a little bit. He went uh, seven and two thirds though uh, last night in Houston, which was uh, I would say a cathartic game. Yeah. Uh, so like. It was his first start since Game 5 in the 2017 World Series. Famously, I believe Tom Verducci, I think, was like the first to sort of write about this. He So, in that game, 51 curves and sliders from Kershaw. I think he, his original story said zero swings and misses. If you go back and look at the Baseball Savant page for the game, he actually had one swing and miss. I'm not sure exactly when it was. But that's a low number. Like, especially 2017, Kershaw was like... Almost Pete Kershaw. It was like the tail end of Pete Kershaw, where he was still like very dominant at times, and also had like was dominant in Game One against the Astros at Dodger Stadium and Game Seven. <laughs> right, yeah, and so like you understand, like that getting one swing and miss on those pitches is uh, not unheard of, but it, it's hard. Now, like you have sort of lesser Kershaw, but still very very good Kershaw. Last night, he happened to throw 50 off-speed pitches. He got six whiffs, which is, you know, pretty normal, right? And, like, but more importantly, he was very efficient. Uh, he went, the only reason he was pulled after seven and two-thirds, he, I think he was 80, 81 pitches. Like, he literally could have finished that game. But uh, they had, like, a long top of the eighth where the Astros used three pitchers, including an injury delay, and the Dodgers scored three, I believe. It, they had, like, four straight walks. It was crazy. And, like, there was a lot of waiting. So... That was part of it, why Kershaw sort of left. I just thought this was interesting because, look, every question, right, they're playing the Astros in Houston, even though they already played them last year, this time there's fans. But, like, every question, anytime they play the Astros from now until the end of time is going to be like, hey, remember 2017? <laughs> they cheated. You guys, you guys still thinking about that? And it's like, well, yeah, you keep asking us, right? Like, so it's 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 inevitable. So the, like, but I would say there were, there were a few, like, sort of revealing quotes. Um, this is from Austin Barnes. This was pregame. Uh, he said, I don't know if I'll ever get over it. I mean, winning helps. Obviously, if we never won a World Series, I, it, uh, it would have been pretty hard. And then he, uh, a little bit later on, he added, we could have won two World Series, right? So that's how he's sort of thinking it. And then Clayton Kershaw, after the game, he was sort of asking about it too. He did say, I didn't include this in the quote, but he did say, like, nothing he, like you could do last night is going to change, like, 2017, right? So... But with that said, he said, anytime you lose a World Series, it doesn't feel good. Uh, then with everything wrapped around it, you don't really have the closure that maybe you would want. Then he said, uh, after winning last year, I do think that alleviated some things. For me, it lifted a lot off my shoulders that I had been feeling for a long time. Now, normally you don't 
we don't get reflective Kershaw a ton, right? So, like, the fact that he was willing to, like, talk about that shows how much, like, this really means. Like, Dave Roberts, I think, pregame yesterday said he was asked about fans in the stands in Houston because yesterday was the first day at full capacity. Um, and Roberts, there was a lot of Dodger fans there yesterday, but Roberts sort of spun it into when the when the Astros are in L.A. in August. But he, he his quote was something like... Um, Oh man, I thought I had it in front of me. It, it was it was really funny, like not funny, but he just said, "Oh yeah, like the the world uh, and like sports fans, they don't really appreciate cheating," <laughs> and uh, and so like he was pretty blunt and he was very excited about. He said the fans are going to be like exponentially uh, uh, raucous when the when the Astros come to LA. You know, last night, you know, at, the Astros fans who were there were like booing the Dodgers because the Dodgers were mad at their team for cheating. Apparently, I don't I don't know, <laughs> whatever. But like. There were actually a lot of Dodger fans. Pantone 294 was there. Dodger Stadium is going to open to full capacity starting June 15th. So should be sort of interesting to see how that uh, plays out. But, yeah, that that's sort of where we're at uh, now. Uh, but, yeah, I, it, it was sort of weird how uh, it was funny in the comment section. Like, there, there were a lot of, um, I would say, the most positive fuck yous I've ever seen in a game thread. Like, and it was... Like there were so many people like in in our comment section uh, the last last night and this morning basically you know, you know what fuck the Astros that was essentially the the theme but it was like everyone was sort of uniting against it so it was and it wasn't like I, I wouldn't say it was like a pitchfork mob but it was more like a, a very united front and it was kind of funny like it was just funny to me but um, that said back to Gavin Lux and his grand slam so he had two grand slams in the last week the Dodgers record. For grand slams in a season is three. Uh, five different players have done this. How many of them can you name? I will try after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. How many players have hit three grand slams in a season? Um, I, one uh, one yep. leading question for you. When was the last time this occurred? Uh, 2017. Okay. So I have some name. I have three names written down after that. It's blind guessing. Um, I, I will give you, I'll give you one more hint before you start. Okay. Uh, all of the, the first one of these was in 1990. Wow. Okay. Uh, whew. um, all right, let's go. Uh, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor was Mr. 2017. Uh, he had a Grand Slam in 2016 when he first came up, and then he was on a he was on a little kick there with the bases loaded. It was it was interesting. Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp was the last one before that, 2009. Uh, this is where it gets dark. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza was the second to do this, 1998. And if you think about it, that was more impressive because yeah. the Dodgers <laughs> traded Mike Piazza on May 14th of 1998. So he, he, he sort of, uh, even quicker than Gavin Lux, got to three before Gavin Lux even got to two. So Now, two names, and I know one's before Piazza, one's uh, before Kemp. Uh, yep. Eric Karros? Uh, nope. I mean, it's a good guess. Yeah. All-time L.A. homer leader. Um, Man, I'm going to guess two more names. I'm figuring out yep. who I'm going to name. I, I would say one is more intuitive than the other. Okay. 
uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think of like actual Grand Slams. I remember uh, Matt Kemp's first Grand Slam. I think the year in question, but I'm not positive, was that great Vince Scully call. Uh, oh, Matt okay. Kemp does not have a Grand Slam yet. Crack. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, the mo- more mem- most memorable Grand Slam of my youth was Franklin Stubbs, July 6, 1988. Me and my brother Greg were there. Uh, it was a, they were down three nothing in the eighth, and then they tied it, and then off future Dodger Todd Warrell uh, Stubbs hit a grand slam, and I just remember we were going absolutely nuts. Uh, but yeah, he did not have three. I think, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll just throw out some names. Uh, Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent did not. Uh, last name I'll throw out is Raul Mondesi. No. Yep. Uh, so 1990 was. Cal Daniels. Okay. That would have, that's the the less intuitive one. Yeah. Um, the other one uh, who has the second most home runs in a season in Dodger history, Adrian Beltre, yep. two thousand four. Yep. yep, definitely should have guessed yep. that. Uh, Sean Green uh, also uh, should have been a guess. Uh, so. I forgot to note this, and I think I already deleted the yeah I deleted the search that I had this on. But uh, Gil Hodges is the all time leader in, in career Grand Slams of the Dodgers with fourteen. He was a, a metronome almost of Grand Slams from like, it was like 1948 to 58. I think he hit at least one every year, but one, but like he never hit more than two in a season. So like, <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, how did he get to 14 and never hit three? I was, and I looked at all, it was, it was kind of wild to see that. Um, but yeah. All right. You got a Dodgers rewind for me? Oh yeah, I do. This is a, a sad one, uh, because, uh, Joe Beckwith, uh, was a reliever uh, for the Dodgers uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, he passed away uh, on Saturday of colon cancer. Um, so I, uh, I don't have it in the notes here. I, I, I sort of already wrote his section of the, the post or the podcast that the, for the post that will go up. But, yeah, so it was a long battle, colon cancer. Uh, the Dodgers drafted him out of Auburn in 1977 in the second round. That was actually, like, the top of that draft was pretty interesting. Uh, The Dodgers went Bob Welch in the first round, uh, Joe Beckwith in the second, and then they got Mickey Hatcher in the fifth round. So Mickey Hatcher, you know, was eventually traded away, but then reacquired and went into uh, Dodger lore in his own way. But, yeah, Beckwith, um, he was a starter uh, at first in the minors, but then when he's in AAA, uh, the manager there, Del Crandall, this is from the Dodgers' 1980 media guide. He said, uh, this is from Beckwith. Dell told me the Dodgers were short in the bullpen and that I'd probably make it up there quicker if I were to become a reliever. Um, so uh, he was right. Uh, they moved Beckwith to the bullpen. He made it to the majors in 1979, uh, which was, what, yeah, two years after he's drafted. Uh, then he posted uh, 196 ERA uh, in 1980, was one of the sort of regulars in the bullpen. Then, in spring training in 1981, uh, he, su- he was suffering from uh, double vision. Uh, I don't remember the exact name of the eye condition that he had, but he was basically out for the year. Um, he, ha- he, en- he ended up having uh, one surgery in August and then another surgery at some point in the offseason between 81 and 82. So, like, their World Series championship season, he didn't pitch at all. Uh, he came back in 1982, but not till like, July. Um, but I was looking up try to see some uh, old, like, news coverage of it just to see how, because uh, obviously serious condition and he's still relatively young. Beckwith, man, it was this kind of real dark, uh, like, this is, uh, I believe, after the first surgery. Uh, Beckwith told uh, the Montgomery Advertiser, he's, he grew up in Alabama, this is sort of his, one of his local papers. He said, I'm not overly optimistic. You never know, though, there's only so much the doctors can do to correct a problem. If that doesn't take care of it, well, and then it just kind of, and then it had an ellipsis and didn't complete the quote because it was, I think you knew what the answer was going to be. So he was very sort of pragmatic about it. Um, after uh, he came back, one of his first games uh, back with the Dodgers, he pitched five and two thirds of uh, hitless innings of relief. Uh, manager Tommy Lasorda at the time, this is 1982, said Joe Beckwith has as good a, an arm as anyone in our organization. This couldn't have happened at a more opportune time. We needed it. So uh, he didn't pitch in the playoffs in 81 because he wasn't active. 
He was active in 1983 when the Dodgers went to the NLCS. He pitched in two games and pitched two and a third scoreless innings. Then the Dodgers traded him that December to Kansas City. Uh, in a, it, I think it was a deal that involved three other players. All of them were minor leaguers who never made the majors. He pitched for two years with the Royals. He did pitch two scoreless innings in relief in Game 4 of the 85 World Series, which uh, the Royals won. Um, and then he returned to the Dodgers in 1986. He pitched 15 games, but he wasn't very good. Uh, he ended up uh, posting a 338 ERA with the Dodgers, a 106 ERA plus. His career ERA plus uh, was 108 in seven years. Um, the mayor of Auburn uh, in April, April 21st, declared uh, April 21st, 2021, Joe Beckwith Day. Um, honored him and his family in a ceremony, and then um, a few weeks later, he was honored at the university. Um, the baseball coach said. Um, uh, Auburn University, Auburn Baseball, and the Auburn community lost a legend in Joe Beckwith. I'm so thankful for his contributions through the years. He has represented us so well. So very sad um, that Joe Beckwith sort of passed away. I, I, I found a couple of like um, uh, baseball guards of him from that era, and it's always like he was one of those guys like sort of a little bit before my time, although he did pitch in 86. I didn't really remember that much of him, so it was sort of fun to – look back and see what he did. And, you know, pretty sad the way, like, sort of an eye injury derailed his career. Uh, I do have a Joe Beckwith trivia for you, though. I bet you do. I do. Um, and, okay, he saved four games total with the Dodgers. Uh-huh. Um, that included uh, one save in 1983. Now, that year, six different Dodgers saved at least one game. Uh, how many of the other five can you name? No. <laughs> uh, we, Wait, we've been over see. this this is like uh, you know before i was yeah. born and then you know wasn't uh family hadn't moved to la till after 88 so i have no connection to uh the pre-jacob era but you know 81 and 88 ish yep. ish uh we can kind of uh i can kind of based on just lore and legend and hearing other people take some stabs at it 83 through mm-hmm. like 85 are these mean years where I can't name anything. Um, I have one guess and then I'm, I'm going to tap out here. here I have a question for you. Yes. How many would you have gotten right? Do you think? Um, I think two or three. <laughs> well, I'll go with my uh, one. And, no, oh, no, God. But, but before you answer, I'll, I will give you a hint. All right. um, two of these pitchers are much, much more well-known as starters. Okay. And another one of them, not either of those two, won an ERA title. Okay. Uh, I'll go with, uh, off your hint, uh, Fernando. Nope. He, uh, <laughs> all 35 of his games that year were starts. Okay. I'm going to go with In my fact, one, one game, uh, my one guess, yeah. and then I'll let you tell me. Yep. Uh, Charlie Huff. No, he was a ranger by yep. then and a starter. Uh, I'm looking up. Uh, so Fernando pitched 10 games in relief down the stretch in 1980. He did save a game. Uh, he did not pitch in relief again until 1988 uh, with, uh, when he saved another game. And th- that was those were the only times he pitched in relief for the Dodgers. Um, okay, uh, so the two starters in question, uh, Oral Hershiser. Uh, okay. And uh, Oral Hershiser in his first year in 83. Yeah. Dave Stewart. Saved eight games uh, that year. Um, and then the pitcher with the ERA title saved one game, uh, Alejandro Pena. He won the ERA title in 84 and was later a, a bullpen stalwart uh, for the Dodgers and the, and the Braves. Um, Joe Beckwith had a save. Um, the two save leaders uh, were, were the ones I think were the easier ones to get. Um, Steve Howe saved 18 games. And then Tom Needenfewer saved 11. Um, so any, any sort of like early eighties to mid eighties relief stuff, those are, those are two, uh, prominent, you know, prominent one day we're going to, we're going to like swap out, rewind yeah. every other episode with like Jacob's book club. When Jacob tries to learn way more about the, the pre aughts Dodgers, just so I can stop yeah. getting these wrong. But Hey, I got, uh, the last question in the grand slam question. I'm going to, I'm chopping that as a win. No, yeah, you, you nailed it. I got, well, three out of five, but we'll take it. Hey, you know what time it is? 
I have a guess. With Jens and Craig. We love them. Was your guess right? We love it. Yeah. Oh, I was <laughs> off again. Dang it. So I'm just going to say your guess was wrong then. All right. Trivia yep. for you. Max Muncy is on pace to walk well over 100 times this season. With that mm-hmm. in mind, here is some trivia for Eric. Four Los Angeles Dodgers have had 100 or more walks in a season. Please name them. Hint. None of these players are homegrown. So I th- I thought we had Jim Wynn as a um, Dodgers Rewind relatively recently. Um, but he's he he did it twice um, yep. in his two years with the Dodgers. Uh, Gary Sheffield is another because yep. I believe he's the last one to do it. Um, he also did it twice. Yeah. Um, so I need to have four other players, right? Oh no, two other players. Yep, two other players. Um, okay. L A. Oh, Brett Butler is one for sure. Um, yep. And the other one is where I'm running into a problem. Um, see, you're basically as bad at trivia see. as I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Um, 100 walks. Holy crap. Um, okay, I think, if I remember correctly, that Jim Wynn was the first L.A. Dodger to walk 100 times. I, that might not be right. But you, you I'm going right. off that premise. Okay. So that means it's someone after Jim Wynn. I don't think Pedro Guerrero walked that much, so I'm not going with him. I, man. I don't. Mm, dang it. I I'll don't, give you the year, 1977. Okay. Oh. Oh. Um. Then Reggie Smith. You got it. Okay. Wow. Good job. Yeah, I, I I was thinking in the '90s, and I uh I would have I would have talked myself into a Mike Piazza guess, but I, I was pretty sure he didn't make it. Since so. 2001, six players, not just Dodgers players, have had a hundred or more walks in five or more seasons. Who are these players? Hint. Dear God. Two of them played for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and only one of them is still active. Um, Barry Bonds, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing Pujols is the, the both LA Dodger and active. Nope. Okay. So he didn't get to that. Um, the active player is not one of the Dodgers. I, I I'm going to tell you this. Barry Bonds did not have the most years. In, oh, Jim Tomei is the Dodger. Uh, is one of the Dodgers. Yes. There's another oh, Dodger on here. Oh, two of them. Played for the, I, I can read. Um, Let's see. Um, the most years. Uh, Joey Votto. Joey Votto is the active player. Um, man. Um, let's, uh, Jason Giambi. Uh, that's another one. And then, so the other, the am I only missing one or two? You are missing the. Uh, uh, the former Dodger, and you are miss- one of the former Dodgers, and you are missing uh, mm. the player who has the most seasons of 100 or more walks since 2011. The most? Wow. Um, 2001. Um, Give you a hint for that player. I will let you know. A ro- I will remind you that a walk is one of the true three outcomes. <laughs> All right, Adam. Done. Um, okay, so. Wait, did you say a name? Adam Dunn. There you go. You said it quick. That's yeah. what I thought you said. Sorry. <laughs> I said it with such disgust that I didn't think of it. That, that, that it went undetected. So No, I said it earlier. You just didn't hear it. No, oh, okay. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so the, the, uh, the Dodger now, um, wow, five times. I... God. Um, was... Was J.D. Drew healthy enough to do that? Uh, I don't think he was. No. Okay. Um, all right. Um, I don't think Sheffield was, so I won't say him. Was it? Or will I say him? Should I uh, say nope. him? Nope. Uh, 
Okay. Um, thinking, 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 thinking. Um, um, oh, Manny? Nope. Um, all right. Uh, this is bad. I don't think I'm going to do very well on this. Uh, 100 walks. Uh, Luis Gonzalez? Nope. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I think I'm tapping out. All right, Bobby Abreu. Damn it. Uh, that's good. Switching to starting pitchers, Clayton Kershaw has averaged 2.25 walks per nine innings in his career. There are eight L.A. Dodger pitchers with a minimum of 500 innings pitched who have averaged less walks per nine innings pitch than Kershaw. Please go ahead and name them. Um. Hmm. Wait. Yep. I don't. I don't think Craig's hint is right. Um. Hey, Craig's hint is that one of them just pitched on Tuesday, and he is right. But the nope. o- mm. mm-hmm. doesn't say he pitched as a Dodger. All right. I was like, Phil Beckford and Joe Kelly do not have <laughs> enough innings. Like. Well, Oh, okay. Uh, so 500 innings. Uh, 16, 17, 18, 19. Um, okay, so Granky. Yep. With 602 yeah. innings pitched with that. He 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 should have also put he pitched in the Tuesdays in Tuesday's Dodger game. That would have really thrown <laughs> me off. I would have been like, huh? Um, okay. Um, okay. So I have, there's seven more. Good God. Um, only one pitcher on here has more innings pitched than Clayton. Oh, more than Clayton. Um, do, do, do. Um, and that's I'm looking at this a, a very mean hint, and I'll explain once you start guessing. Okay. Oh, wait, is it Don Drysdale? Don Drysdale is the one with more for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking because. I was thinking maybe his. Uh, he, I wonder if Craig, so he didn't count his perhaps early wild Brooklyn days, wilder Brooklyn days. So, who knows? Um, okay, so back to uh, me stalling. Uh, Five hundred innings, no walks. Um, okay. So the funny part is, I almost was thinking Rich Hill pitch yesterday. But I don't think he had a walk rate that low. So, um, Kenley Jansen? Uh, nope. Really? Really? Um, okay. Now, uh, what about um, Ron Paranoski? Nope. Just picking off the uh, wrong answers here. Um Kenley's walks per nine is 2.5, by the way. It's really skewed by this year. Uh, no, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, Kevin Brown? Nope. This is terrible. I would term one, two, three of these are Jacob Birch era. And then... It's all early. I'm going to double check, yeah. make sure I'm not, I'm getting my eras right. Yeah. I, yeah a sixties player, a sixties slash seventies player. Claude Osteen. There you go. That's one. Uh, um, what about, uh, did, o, was O'Dallas a low walk guy? I don't remember. Really you are correct. O'Dallas is on this mm. list. 1.97. Uh, wow, that's, I, oh, let's see, dude, um, nope, I don't think Gagne got to 500 innings, 82 and a third times three is not, uh, <laughs> not quite there, uh, I know he pitched other years, but, um, wow, this is sad, um, let's say, nope, I'm out, All right. I don't know. Tommy John. Sorry. Of course. Jerry Royce. Hiroki mm-hmm. Kuroda. Da. Yunjin Ryu. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. That was a good question. 
Yeah, it was a good question. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Currently, Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, and Urias uh, have a B ref of ERA place. B ref uh, ERA plus of 120 or better, while on pace to qualify for the ERA title. The Los Angeles Dodgers have never had four qualified pitchers for the ERA title with at least a 120 ERA plus. For the contest, can the 2021 Dodgers become the first team to do that and rank those pitchers in their final ERA plus order? So for the contest, we both say yes because they absolutely can. Um, but not, we didn't say if they will. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so I don't no, all four going. I figure it's more likely that one of the four won't qualify than one of the four won't get one twenty. Mm. Um, so I, I'm going to say no, but that's that's my sort of reasoning behind it. I'm going to say yes, just to be contrarian. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what was the other part of that? Rank them in ERA plus order. Mm-hmm. Eric, no. Jacob, yes, I'm just writing this down. Um, okay, so uh, Bowers already got a head start. He's at like 198 right now, ERA, um, as we've established. Um, I'm going to say Bauer. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, Bauer... Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. Bauer, Kershaw, Urias, Walker. Wow. Headline, Jacob Birch hates, hates Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Nice. Uh, as you both have hit the road for trips in the past, do you think a driving trip is in the near future? And name some of your favorite trips you've made behind the wheel. Ugh. Uh... Off and on, I like this. Um, I don't know if I necessarily like the driving um, part. I guess depending on the trip, like because you're excited to get there or whatever, that's more than the driving part. Um, let's see. Uh, so the upcoming part, I believe uh, my brothers and my, a few uncles and some cousins are getting together in Palm Springs for like a golf weekend. I'm not going to golf, but I'm going to be there and driving a cart around and making fun of everybody who is golfing. Uh, that'll be fun. And that's definitely a driving trip. Um, like a, like a four day weekend type thing. That'll be fun. It's that kind of stuff that that's good. Um, you know, driving to and from spring training is like a long trip. It's like six hours. Uh, but I'll, it's more like the destination, both getting there, you're like, yay, spring training's about to start. Then when it's done, you're like, yay, I get to go home. Um, so I think that's part of it. I, uh, there's numerous like rest areas, uh, along the way that I stop at, uh, either to stretch or go to the bathroom or get a diet Mountain Dew, or uh, I guess now if I do it, I would try to get, find Dr. Pepper Zero somewhere. Brought um, no, yeah, not a sponsor. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I think. Those are the ones that sort of um, sort of ring true for me. Uh, one time, uh, I wouldn't advise this. Um, when my when my cousin uh, and his wife uh, were in, they lived in Seattle. They were in the hotel industry, both of them. They still are on, with different jobs now. Um, when they when they finally were going to move back to Southern California, I told them I would help them or, or, or go with them. So what I did was I flew one way to Seattle. Uh, they picked me up at the airport with a loaded car with both of them and their two little dogs. And I just got in the car and we just started driving and we went straight through to Mission Viejo. And that was ill-advised. Uh, one of the dogs peed on me during the trip. Um, <laughs> And which I swore revenge on later. I said, one day I'm going to pee on that dog. It never actually happened um, that you know of um, for legal reasons. Um, but yeah, like that was, I mean, it's still fun. Like, cause we, you know, we hung out and stuff, but yeah, that was, uh, I would not advise that, but you know, it's certainly memorable. Um, a lot, a lot. I've, I have done this a lot. Uh, as I've mentioned on the show before, uh, played uh, the, the, the plague uh, stop this for a little bit competitive 
Magic the Gathering because I'm I'm very mm-hmm. hip. Uh, and that yeah. revolves around a lot of driving to uh, various cities that are hosting tournaments. So I've done a lot of those. Um, the one to San Antonio was really good because you got to drive through Texas, which means you got to, for me, I got to have in and out which is a rare treat uh, of nostalgia. You also get a drive by Bucky's, which are um, mm. convenience stores the size of Walmart's. Yeah, they're they're wonderful. Um, I had a really, as as is the case for any kid growing up in uh, Southern California, uh, the the Vegas trips as with families were all really really good. Um, took one right, either, it was either right before or right after I moved to Kansas with my dad and my brother. And it was the only time I was in Vegas um, during March Madness, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, I've brought this up before. That was the year the Dodgers started in Australia, and I um, placed a you know like a twenty dollar bet where I had Harvard to cover, and they you know they were like sixteen or seventeen point dogs, and um, uh. I thought I bet just the money line for the Dodgers game, but I accidentally bet the first five innings of the. Uh. But okay. it was a Kershaw start, so it didn't matter. I I, I, I won the bet. So, uh, and Har- I won it off a Harvard late get trash time layup. It was wonderful. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's uh, any others that uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting uh, quite a few. But it, uh, in terms of if there's any coming up, I'm still a little little squeamish about you know full blown public, and I don't want to go on a road trip. Basically, for me, I wouldn't want to go on a road trip without a great, comfortable place to relax yeah. afterwards. And I yes. want the numbers to be a little bit better before I'm like staying in a hotel. I, I would probably stay in an Airbnb, but I, I the prices on those have been so bad that um, I'm probably waiting until I feel comfortable to stay in a hotel. Uh, maybe a hotel with a spa in it. That sounds rather nice. So... Um... Before we get on to the next question, I just want to note the we mentioned Dodger Stadium is going back to full capacity mm-hmm. on June fifteenth. Since we started recording, the Dodgers sent out an email. They're calling June fifteenth reopening day, which is fun. Um, but I want to send you uh, June fifteenth. Also is uh, Justin Turner bobblehead day, Whoa. Uh, and I'm going to send you this only because um, the. On July 19th, there's a Walker Bueller bobblehead, and it does not look like him. Um, <laughs> let's I feel see. Like, uh, he, this is not his first one, right? And I, I, I feel like his other one also did not look like him. I, I will say this: the one, the one I'm sending you, uh, it's only a like um, sort of a thumbnail of it, so you, you're probably not getting the best shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you could see it, I just want to get your honest reaction to it. Uh, let's see it seems if I can pretty load funny. Load this up. I'm ready. And now that I, now that I'm looking at it, uh, the uh, Max Muncy one also kind of looks like Freddie Freeman <laughs> in a weird way. Um, Braze had extras. Did, yeah, they did uh, sort of capture Cody Bellinger, although not in meme form. So good for them. Like it's not it's not the perpetually high uh, <laughs> Cody Bellinger face. So April 20th, yeah. they should do that. The, the deep thoughts. <laughs> yeah, nice. Lean Cody. into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm reading the questions. I need to read the next question. You distracted yep. me with bobbleheads. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, actually, you know what? I have a side question for you before I move oh, on. Oh. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. You don't get to do all your research where you get to sound super smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we talked about the Dodgers. Um and how they're looking good, but you know, there's still some concerns and we mentioned that, Hey, yeah, they're, they're starting Pujols probably a little bit more than they should, but they've got McKinstry and they have Cody Bellinger coming back really soon. What about, I think the other concern for the Dodgers is that the front half of the bullpen, which is full of names. It's that part of the season where a a person gets thrown into the, uh, onto the mound and you're like, who is that? And where did he come from? I'm so confused. Um, is this a, do you think this is a long-term concern that is only going to get solved via trades? Are there prospects that, or, or players on the injured list that are going to come up and maybe shore that up? How do you think that gets addressed? So I think it's definitely something they'll address. I don't know if it's going to be like right away. I think they're going to do a lot of shuffling. 
Um, so currently active in the Dodgers bullpen, uh, Phil Bickford. Uh, I almost Nate texted Jones. you last night because uh, I was very yeah. busy over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, it was our first weekend post um, vaccination uh, clearance, so we were visiting family and all of that. I almost texted you, "What's a Phil Bickford?" <laughs> <laughs> so Phil Bickford, Nate Jones. Uh, uh, Nate Jones is the veteran of the group. He's thirty-five. Um, it was good for a while. Uh, had some injuries. Hasn't been as good since, but like serviceable, whatever. Um, Alex Vasia. Edwin Yuseta, all of those are active uh, in the bullpen right now. So the the one that's probably coming back the soonest is, I think, Gratterall. Um, he did a, a pitch of bullpen yesterday. I believe he's starting a rehab assignment with OKC Friday. So he could be like a next week guy. Um, Jimmy Nelson, they were like thinking it might be a shorter stint on the IL, which could mean next week, but it's one of those we'll see. They also said, like, Scott Alexander was the same thing, but right now he's in Arizona, not really throwing yet. Um, both are will have to be, like, on a rehab assignment for, quote, at least a week, which they haven't started yet. Uh, that's both um, Scott Alexander and Garrett Clevenger, but again, like, all due respect, are you really thinking like Garrett Clevenger is like the cavalry, right? Like it's yeah. not it's not a guy that we're going to rely on, but it is like a useful arm to have. He is useful, but like whatever. So uh, I think yeah, that that's an issue. Like I think Gradrol getting Gradrol back is the biggest, and then Jimmy Nelson potentially. But we're look, we're talking like two weeks away. Getting Gonsolin back, which could happen as soon as May thirty first, or within a few days of that, um, in the starting rotation will help because they don't have to use a bullpen day every five days or so. Um, I think that'll just generally help the bullpen. Um, so I think it'll sort of, on that, on one hand, it'll solve itself in, in like a couple weeks, but then they also have to get through those few weeks. So it, it, we'll see. Like, that's where the sort of the danger point is, I think, uh, if anything. All right. Thank you. Dodgers mm-hmm. outfielders collectively have a 741 OPS this season, which is the third lowest in the last 20 seasons, ahead of only the 2016 and 2003 Dodger teams. While bringing back Bellinger, Pollock, and McKinstry will help, is this a position, with all due uh, respect to Susugo, uh, the Dodgers should continue to look for depth in 2021? So, the weird thing is, like, they have the three sort of outfielders on the 40 man. DJ Peters still active. Um, uh, Luke Rayleigh and Sheldon are not Sheldon. Luke Rayleigh and Zach Rex still in Oklahoma city. Chris Taylor can also play outfield. Um, and as you know, obviously can play infield. Um, Lux has been sort of the fill in at short. Um, so I think maybe, and they've used Muncie at second, to get Pujols starts and like Tutsugo has been playing left. So I think once like Bellinger and McKinstry back, obviously Bellinger will be in center and then you don't have to use Taylor in center. So you can use Taylor more in left or second and then McKinstry same way. So like they'll sort of naturally fill in that. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily, I don't see it as that pressing of any, because I think, they're pretty happy with like the the general group, like like you know I can it might be like a more of an incremental type upgrade. I don't see them like trading for like a starting level player unless someone else gets hurt, right? Like because like they I think if Pollock is back and then Bellinger and McKinstry are back, they have essentially their set lineup as much a set you can get. Like they'll they'll rotate guys in and out, but. Are they really going to trade for someone who's like that much appreciably better than Pollock? I mean, I guess you know, like if like Chris Bryant is on the block or something, but like th- that's a, that's probably a little bit over their skis in terms of uh, what they're probably willing to pay this year for a prospect or prospect wise, um, or maybe even can do. Um, so yeah, I think they're generally okay. Um, I think what's interesting to me is not necessarily just outfield, but just another useful bench bat. I feel like if everyone is healthy, 
that they can probably stay pat and be happy but as soon as like one player gets hurt the 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 next man up that would conceivably in triple a that's a little dicey i think yeah because like so right now because they've all got in their cup and they've all none of them have shown like oh i I can be that i can be that player yeah because even okay so okay let's seager's still gone for a while so and even before Pollock is back, so Bellinger is starting when he comes back, um, and then like Taylor is still like every day. So your bench is essentially McKinstry and Beatty, and then uh, Austin Barnes unless uh, he's catching, uh, and then it's Will Smith. So I they still sort of I guess that's where you think we always talked about how they sort of need a right-handed bat. Whereas they probably end up eventually sending Sheldon Noisy down, and then you just you have like Pujols and Tsutsugo, uh, Pujol, Pujols being the righty there. Um, and when so, I and when I yeah mention that like if if they do can f- kind of get the swing of Tsutsugo fixed, um, I, I think I think they're feeling very good. But I you know so far yeah. they haven't been able to do that. Granted, it's not a but tremendous the other amount of thing time. Is, but. Yeah, the other thing there is, um, if they get once they get Pollock back and all those guys are back, um, not not Seager, um, then you you potentially have. I mean, Taylor's still always going to find a way to get his starts. Yep. But like, it's either you either have Taylor on the bench or a resting Turner or um, you know like Muncie getting a day off or, or which is rare, but but like it happens, you know. And so I think you're sort of strengthened in that way. Then it, then it becomes like you're still able to get guys rest, but also you, you're not having like a lineup that's four easy outs yeah. like they've had a lot. So like I think that that's where it sort of helps a little bit. But yeah, I still I don't know what exactly is out there for them that, that would like move the needle. I think mm-hmm. it would be more incremental than anything. Sure. Pasta is one of those kitchen staples that can become a quick and tasty meal, but you do need some type of sauce or topping. What are some of your favorites? A marinara, perhaps a meat sauce, or maybe just olive oil, garlic, and clams. Let's hear what you enjoy and possibly one that you often make at home. So my go-to for a lot of years, and this was was probably more 10 years ago or something, uh, was just literally... um, like a can of diced tomatoes and very little on the sauce, like just kind of that with some spices and garlic and all that, a very light, simple thing. Uh, but I'd love a good meat sauce. Like if, uh, you know, if I order spaghetti at a restaurant or something, or, uh, I, I, I'll go, I think I tend toward marinara slash meat sauce. Um, as a default, but I do like branching out once in a while, getting like more of a pesto. Pesto is really good. Um, I, I'll, I can handle like the creamier sauces, but I don't prefer them, but like they're good once in a while, but yeah, I think I like a good cream sauce and, and, and like a, like a side of pasta, like maybe on like mm. a, a chicken or a, a meat dish, yeah. but an entire plate of it, it just gets too much. Uh, I like you default to, marinara meat sauces what i i make a lot of my own food these days just because we have nothing better to do and marinara's yeah. never been one and by all means it it checks all the boxes of stuff i like to make at home so that that might need to be a project maybe for the winter the next the upcoming winter when um being able to just quickly reheat up a plate mm. of pasta is a very comforting thing i've never i've never done like a full like you know Sunday style spaghetti sauce from scratch where you have the the mirepoix like just like simmering for hours mm-hmm. and then and then you just you sort of lean like it's just a long process I I've never actually done that the other thing I want to do which I haven't which I keep saying I'm going to is make a romesco mm-hmm. um at home uh that looks and sounds good i've just never done it myself delicious um yeah so like uh, that's sort of things i would like to do i forgot to mention so when i did the the go-to for me when i did like the just diced tomatoes that was usually like accompanied with like chicken like Mm -hmm. or or, you know something Uh, when it's ground beef i tend toward more marinara or or or, like something like that or, or sausage like obviously but um 
but yeah, if it was chicken, like then I just went to the to the lighter sauce and it worked. Uh, but I'm also a sucker for angel hair pasta. I know it's like the 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 la- sort of the lamer uh, one of the lamer um, choices. But I, I just I don't I liked it when I was a kid. I still like it. I don't know why. But love it. You know, it's not always that when we end this episode, I want exactly what we <laughs> talked about. I get hungry no matter what. Uh, but in this yeah. case, pasta sounds amazing right now. Pasta does sound really good right now. Oh, God. Yep. Well, I think we know what we're going to do. Yep. I'm um, going to go uh, <laughs> figure that out. We're both going to eat some spaghetti. And uh, we'll once we're done, we'll start thinking about next week's podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later.